Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. We're honored you are here today. We pray that this week was full of hope, joy, that you were healthy this week. I know there's a lot of people that are getting sick here and there, so let's continue to lift people up in prayer. But we started last week a series called, a three-week series called Ready, Set, Go. And um, we started digging into the life of David and how he had a progression of his life of ready, set, go, and events that he went from the pasture of feeding the sheep and taking care of the sheep to the palace. And last week, if you did not um, catch that, you can catch it on YouTube, but um, we talked about how David got into the door, like he got into the palace, like he was an anointed king. Um, was, um, Samuel came and anointed him king, but it wasn't to, from, the, from the sheep to throne real quick, uh, we understand there's sometimes there's a progression in our life, the ready, the set, and the go. And we we knew that David was doing something that that it wasn't supposed to be this miraculous thing, but he was playing his harp in the pasture with the sheep, and that's what got him into the palace, got him into the door. And we said that we found David last week being responsible. We found him showing up. Did anybody show up this week? Anybody showed up this week? Yeah, he was showing up, and he was overachieving by not only doing what God told him to do, but taking care of the sheep, but he was also worshiping. He was also getting into the presence, playing his little harp. We remember we brought the harp out last week, and I, you know, I'm, I'm now doing a, my own album. It's called The Liar Album, The Harp. Come on, you guys got to help me out, all right? But uh, the preparation season matters from the pastures to the palace. And uh, as we're going into this progression, we're going to go to the second half of that. So ready is the preparation stage. And now we're going to talk about getting set, getting set and, and, and being set in our life to for us to move into the promise that God has for us. And as we talked last week, the progression, David didn't just go right away. He had to go into progression. And now we are transitioning into another section of his life that we all know. If you've been in church for a little bit, you know about the story of David and Goliath, you know, the big giant and David, the little boy with the, with the stones and the sling. But I want us to see this story in a different light, in a different perspective, because we have to understand that we need to be set before we enter into battle. See, sometimes, most of the time, that, that, that we're not ready. We're, we always fall to the enemy's trap in our life. We always fall to the lies of the enemy in our life is because we haven't set, we haven't positioned ourselves for victory. Do you understand you have to position yourself for victory? Victory just doesn't happen. It's be us being intentional to position ourselves for victory. I was not a, lo- I was not a fighter. I was a lover. I didn't fight a lot, all right? You know, uh, you know, but you know those people that were always ready to fight. Like, you looked at them, and they're like, oh, we ready. I'm like, I'm, I'm looking past you. You're like, no, you looking at me. They're ready to fight at all times. They're positioned. They wake up, and they're like, they're ready. They're ready. See, you have to be positioned because here's the thing I know. The fact is giants are going to rise up in your life. 
Giants will. Listen, do not be surprised over the schemes of the enemy. That they're try See, the enemy's trying to kill, steal, and destroy you. He doesn't want you to wake up and be like, hey, this is going to be a good day. No, he wants to torment your mind. He wants to torment your feelings so you don't live out the purpose that God has for you. And those things are called giants in our life. Giants, they show up. But here's a side note that you need to know about giants. Giants, the only thing they do is shout. They just shout. They really have no power over you. They really can't overtake you, but they can shout. They can speak to you. They can sometimes even whisper, because how do I know? Because if we go to the account of David going to see what's happening with this giant in the Israel army, we see that he didn't attack the Israel army. He just spoke to them and fear gripped them. Because here's the thing I know. Before you enter, if you want to achieve your purpose in life, you cannot operate in fear. You cannot operate a true purpose in Jesus Christ. You cannot operate in fear. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 8 and 11. We see that, that, that what Goliath was doing to this Israelite army. In verse 8, said he stood and what? Shouted. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. Why have you come out and draw up for battle? I am not, uh, am I not a Philistine? And are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man of yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and, and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the, and the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that you may fight together. When Saul and all the Israel, Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Let me just put you in perspective here. There's this giant that is just talking to the, this is Israel. This is like the, the God's army. These are the people that came out of, the, of, of Egypt. These are the people that came through the, 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 the desert. These are the people that, that they, they fought battles. They did, and now they're in front of one man that is a little bit tall shouting at them, and they're cowering down in fear. Matter of fact, the numbers were not there. Like, they could have had, like, six guys jump on this giant, and they probably could have taken care of it. But what, they, what happens, what the enemy does, he doesn't come and force himself on you, but he speaks to you. He shouts to you. And you know what he says? He shouts to the insecurity that you're dealing with. He shouts to the fear that you're dealing with. He shouts to the things that nobody knows, but he's shouting so loud. And what happens is we listen to the shouts and we cowered in fear. We, we can't do that. See, he, he, he might be a parent. He might be a giant, might be in your life, but you have to understand this. The position that you put yourself determines your effectiveness of the battle. You have to know that the position. Listen, if I am cowarding fear, I'm never going to win. If I am always afraid, if I'm always afraid of that relationship, if I'm always afraid to give, if I'm always afraid to come to church, if I'm always afraid to go this place and do this thing, if I'm always afraid, I can never be effective. And this is where the Israelites were. 
They're the armies of God. And they can't even step forward an inch to at least try to fight. Have you been in a place in your life where you can't even fight anymore? Where, where the, the noise around doesn't even let you move your body to fight anymore? And you find yourselves dealing with that sin issue. And you're finding yourself, your marriage in shambles. You're, you're fighting with your kids all the time. It's because you lost your fight. And I'm here to declare some things over your life today that today we're getting our fight back because David was positioned mentally and he was positioned physically to take on this giant. I want to hear, I'm declaring this over your life today. You will win over the giant. Let me say it like this. You can win over your giant. You can win over your giant. Most giants fall because it, it, it determines how strong our mind is. See, when you live your life as the Israelites' army, fear, running, waiting, having excuses, then you can't live out and fight the good fight. We need to live out what 2 Timothy chapter, first, uh, chapter 1 verse 7 says. It says like this, for God does not give us the spirit of what? Fear, but what? Power, love, and what? A sound mind. A sound mind. Let, let, me, let me just speak some things over your life real fast. Your mind can have peace. You can win the battle of your mind. Because God says when, when that he doesn't give you fear, but what he gives you is power, love, and a sound mind. But you don't understand, Pastor Eric. I have mind games that play with me every day. I understand. Trust me, I do. But guess what? You have power, love, and a sound mind. Sometimes you got to speak to what you don't even see in yet. You got to speak. You got to live in faith. You got to say, hey, I might, my mind might be going crazy. My anxiety might be going crazy. But God declares this over me. I will not fear. I will have power. I will have love. And I will live with a sound mind. You got to speak to your giant. You got to speak to that giant. See, there are some things that in this story, David operated in, and it positioned himself for victory and not constant defeat when your giant showed up. Here's the first thing that he did. Number one, he did. He stayed humble. If you want to position yourself for victory, you got to stay humble. I, I, I read this the other day um, as I was studying, and I, I really didn't really didn't read it good good until like this time because this is David and Goliath like anybody can preach this thing all right but if you can see what he does here it says this it says let me ask this question first before before we go there it says when God opens the door when God opens the door when you pray and God opens that door does it change you let me say it like this who do you become when success is obtained. Let that sink in for a little bit. Because you know those people that they change real quick whenever they get in a little successful. You know those friends that they best friends with you, but then again, that relationship and they're like, who are you? In this part of the story, David has given access 
to the greatest access that he can get, which is being right next to Saul. Saul is the king of the land. And little bitty David went from being the lowest to being one of the highest, but did it change David? Because God can't bless who you pretend to be. So we have to understand this, that if success comes or success doesn't come, I need to be who God's called me to be. And this is what happens in our world of social media is we compare and we try to be other people, but God can't bless who you pretend to be. He can't. He made you the way you are. He created you the way you are. And if it's working for somebody else, maybe God wants to bless them that way and he wants to bless you another way. You hear it all the time. Grass is greener on the other side. Hey, it might be greener, but is it your grass? Because this is what David did. And I love this. It's so good. There are times when people get the blessing, but they lose who they really are. And David didn't do that. He stayed humble. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 14 and 16 says it like this. David was the youngest and three oldest uh, followed Saul. So his brothers are in the army of Israel cowering down. And it said this in verse 15. But David went back. And he went forth from Saul to feeding his father's sheep in Bethlehem. I, I think you just missed that. Because if I'm entering the palace, I don't need the sheep anymore. If I made it, if I arrived, if I got into the door, whatever brought me to this place, I don't need it anymore because I arrived. But this is what David did. He said, I can be faithful in the palace, but sometimes I need to get back to the sheep. It said that David, he went back and he went forth from his past to what he was humbled to when he was exalted. You have to understand that in life to reach success or to reach your purpose, you have to stay in the middle. What does that mean? You have to stay that I'm humble enough to be with the sheep, but I'm also blessed enough to be in the palace. But when you think of yourself too higher than thou and you're saying, oh, I reached the promised land. I reached the palace and look down on the people that are in the sheeps. Oh, if only they can be like this. Oh, if only they can be like me. If only they took my steps to get into here because I arrived. Listen, you are hurting yourself because you can, you can, you can have humility or you can be humbled. I'm preaching too good today. I want to just sit down right here and say, preach it, pastor, because the reality is this. You have to stay humble. David was so humble that he knew he had to be. He was anointed king, but still was faithful to Saul. David could have got into the palace and be like, all right, Saul, time is up, buddy. I'm king. But no, he knew the, he knew the promise of being in the middle, enough to be faithful in the sheep, but also to be faithful in the palace. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humble is wisdom. But with the humble is wisdom. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 says, humble yourself, therefore, 
under the mighty hand of God so that in the proper time, he will what? Exalt you. He will exalt you. See, we have to stay humble. And when you are humble, this is what you're saying. God, I know that the door has opened, but I know who opened the door. Sometimes we pray, we get the blessing, and we forget who gave the blessing. And matter of fact, sometimes we, we believe we're the blessing. Oh, God can use me. No, oh, yeah, he can. But he also doesn't have to. <laughs> it said that the rocks cried out. <laughs> he said the rocks cried out. He said he can move some mountains. I don't know about you, but I don't go and move mountains. But he can. So when you're humble enough to know I am creation, he's the creator. And if he opens the door, I walk in. But if he doesn't, I'm going to be faithful in the sheep. I'm going to be humble to what he says. I know it's not my ability. Yeah, he has given me gifts. Yeah, he has given me abilities. But when I steward it well, then he gets the glory. It's not about my glory. It's about ego dismantles purpose. Somebody got to write that down because somebody needs their ego to be taken down a little bit. Because ego can dismantle your purpose. It's not about us. It's about him. I need to be in between the pastor and the palace. Number two, this is what he did. To be positioned for victory. He had to take some things off. You got to take it off. We can't be the warrior that God's called us to be with things we shouldn't be wearing. We can't. Let's, let's see right here. We, we see that David now goes into the battlefield. He sees the giant. He sees his brothers and all the Israelite people cowering down, being afraid. And David being who David is, he's like, hey, I'll take him on. I'll do it. I'll be the one. I'll be the one. You don't want to do it? I'll do it. So then they take him to Saul. And imagine this. This is funny to me. This is David. You know, like David that Saul brought to play the little harp. Now David's coming in and be like, hey, I want to take this giant. If, if I was Saul, I'd be like, where's your heart, boy? My spirit is a little getting tormented real quick. But no, Saul said, hey, if you want to do it, go ahead. But this is what Saul did in verse 38. It says, then Saul clothed David with his armor. Everybody say his. Was his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a cloak of mail. And David strapped his sword, and David strapped his sword over his armor, and he tried in vain to go, for he, for he had not tested them. Then David said, "I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them." So David put them off, and he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd pouch. And he, his sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. 
Stop wearing opinions that are hurting you in your battle. Because the reality is this. People are going to try to put things on you, what they think you need, but you have to have discernment to know what God wants. You can have friends, and you can take advice, but be careful what they put on you. Because in times of battle, what only can win is what God puts in your hands. It's easy to follow opinions. It's easy to follow things that, you know, if they're speaking it, then maybe I am. But the reality is you have to find your identity in God and not in people. But Saul was just trying to help. Because to enter into a battle... What are the things you need? A sword, a helmet. So we can't curse Saul for trying to help. But those weapons aren't ready for my battle. The weapons you say are not going to be successful for my battle. See, sometimes my battle needs my worship. Sometimes my battle needs me to fast. Sometimes my battle needs me to stop talking and get on my knees and pray. But the weapon in one season, probably not going to be successful for another. So you have to know what's going to work for your battle. See, people, even you, listen, if, 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 how do I say this? I don't know what I'm saying. Actually, I do. Some people will not be friends with you with the way you talk to yourself. If, if the way you really, when you really speak to yourself, because most of the time you're speaking to yourself in the negative light. Oh, you shouldn't have done this, dummy. <laughs> and you are killing your, you're killing your warrior on the inside. Some of you won't even be your own friends the way you speak to yourself. Because words matter. Even words that are not spoken out but thought of still matter. See, you have to prepare yourself for battle. You have to prepare yourself with, you have to be, prepare yourself against opinions of others and even opinions of yourself. See, God said, hey, for this battle, what's going to win are five stones. He used what he knew. See, sometimes in this society that we live in, we see that it's working for somebody else, and we try to manufacture it for ourselves. Oh, that church is doing that, so let's bring it here. But, but is it grace for us? Is it grace for your life? Oh, yeah, they're opening that business, but are you graced for that business? Uh, oh, oh, that person, their relationship is doing this. And yes, it is still good. But is it for you? Is it for your battle? Is it for your life? Is it you have to discern what God is saying or what looks sexy on the outside? Because what you can do is take a piece from here and take a piece from here and put it in your life. And then one day you're going to wake up and you don't even know who you are because you took, you took weapons that never are supposed to be in your battlefield. And 
you look like the Picasso painting. He's like. <laughs> Here's the reality. Stones, giants don't work. Like, if I wake up and somebody's coming after me, I'm like, hey, let me get a rock. If somebody's chasing me, I'm like, hold up. Let me go to the brook. I need a rock. It doesn't match. But when God is in the middle, it doesn't matter if it makes sense or doesn't. Your job is to just use what he's given. Use what he's given. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, He destroys every argument, every lofty opinion, raised against the knowledge of God, and take thought every captive, captive to the obedience of God. Take off the opinions and see clearly the warrior that's on the inside. Don't stay stuck in someone else's opinion. Be who you are supposed to be. Be who God's called you to be. Number three, David had to take it off. David had to, he, he, he had to, you know, follow his calling, not, not other people's opinions. He had to stay humble. And number three, he had to do this. He had, he had to finish the job. Finish the job. We have too many people that are just doing half, half Christianity. I'm just going to do enough. But the reality is you're not being effective because you're not finishing the job. 1 Samuel chapter 17, 50 and 51 says this. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and he struck the Philistine and killed him. But did he kill him? Because he kept on going. It says, then there was no sword in his hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out and killed him and cut his head off with it. When the Philistines saw this and that their champion was dead, they fled. Most of the time we can't live in purpose is because we don't kill what needs to be dead. I don't know if I can do it good enough again. <laughs> Most of the time, we can't live our purpose because we don't kill what needs to be dead. Hurting your giant isn't enough, it is not enough anymore. We got to kill it. Because the reality is, David saw the giant fall with the stone. He used what God given him in the season he was in, but the battle was not over. The battle was not over. You have to kill it out. We, we are patty caking our way back into the battle that God has told us to just leave. Or God has given us the victory over, but we're still trying to hit a giant with a stone. And you're swinging and you're knocking and he falls. And you're swinging, and he's knocking, and he falls for two weeks. And he falls until Monday. And he falls until you're depressed. And he falls until you and your wife are fighting. And he falls until you are home alone. And we're swinging and winning a battle but it's really not one until we take responsibility 
responsibility to kill it out. And this is the part that people don't like because this is where it gets ugly. This is where it gets a little messy. This is where it takes a little work because killing your sin is so much harder than just hitting it. But uncut heads of giants become resurrected giants. Let me say that again. God, I don't know, I don't know what I was doing when I was studying this because this is struck in my life. I didn't remember you putting this down. But uncut heads of giants become resurrected giants. Some of you are just hitting it and just walking away, but that giant's still coming back up. And you turn around, you're like, oh! (laughs) And go on with your day. But until you take the weapon that was meant for your destruction and cut that thing off, you hear that? That, that sword that he used was meant for David's destruction. David was supposed to die by the sword. But God sometimes, with his humor and his grace, says, hey, see that weapon that was meant for your destruction? Take it and kill the thing that needs to be killed in your life. Cut it off and show it as display, not by my power, not by my power, but by the grace of God. I can get over my giants. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, For the wages of sin are what? Death. But, free, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ our Lord. We need to finish the job so we can move, move forward into our purpose. Because the next part of David's life was going to be king. But he couldn't reach the palace fully without killing the giant. Because what if the giant came when he had to make a good, a, a, an important decision? <laughs> Giants show up, but it's your job to fight. And it's God's job to give you the tools and for him to be the cheerleader. You got this. You can do it. I've given you power. I've given you love. I've given you a sound mind. That depression doesn't have to take you down anymore. That anxiety doesn't have to take you down anymore. Listen, you can win, but you have to be positioned the right way. You got to be set the right way. I never was in track because I was slow. But I watched it. And if you see uh, somebody that is racing, they, they do the little, you know, they're, they're, they're preparing in the beginning. They're like this is the preparation. And then, you know, they have that little foot thing that they put their thing on. I don't know what it's called. You know, thank you. Block. You know, and they do this. And they get down. And they're positioned the right way for explosion to happen. It it, it even matters about where you position your hands. Like, you're ready, and you hear the gun, and you explode. Sometimes in life, we can't really enter into that, that calling 
or that marriage or that relationship is because we're positioned the wrong way. Some are standing up ready for somebody to do it for us. Some of us are just sitting on the ground waiting for somebody to carry us. But when you're positioned right, all you runners, all three of you, God wants to explode some things in your life. God wants you to take you from glory to glory to glory. But you have to position yourself right for the promise. You got to position yourself right for the battle. You got to position yourself right for what God wants to do in your life. The responsibility literally is not for anybody else. It's yours. That's why reading your word is important. That's why surrounding yourself with people that are going to uplift you are important. Because all you're doing is positioning right. So when the battle comes, I am ready. I am tried. I have tested it already that I know that I'm going to win this battle. It might hurt. It might be ugly. But I am going to win because I know who has my back. I know who has my front. I know who has my side. And there's a God that said he would never leave me nor forsake me. I can stand in the battlefield and still win. Still win. Giants come, but we got to be set to kill that thing. Or is it going to kill us in the desert? us trying over and over and over. It's time to get your win back. It's time to get your fight back. When God opens a door, we don't change. We are consistent. We are trusting him. And we are taking those opinions off. We are finishing the job because we know that this giant is down, but there's another one coming. So I'm positioning myself. I'm getting set for victory. Some of you have to be set for victory. Not one foot in victory and one foot in defeat. No, you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. It didn't say you are enough for to be a conqueror. No, more abundantly. You can fight. Get that fight back set up for victory today thank you again for joining us here at axios hey to hear more messages just like this go ahead and subscribe to this channel if you want more information about axios go to axioschurch.com there you can get more information give and connect remember we love you and we're in this together